Hello everybody and welcome to In My Mug, episode number 74 on Monday the 12th of April 2010. My name is Has Been Steve and it is wonderful, it is beautiful, it is delicious, it is amazing, it is fantastic. Okay, I'll stop to speak to you again. Let's... I've been thinking about this a little bit and I think we're going to call this our special time together, but not in a dirty way, in a very, very good way. Thank you very much for joining me. I don't know why I'm feeling very, very silly today. You're going to have to excuse this big beaming smile on uh, stuck on my fizzog. But life's been pretty good the past few days. Um, last week, I've been spent in Dublin uh, at the Irish Brewster Championships. Way too much to talk about here. Um, but there'll be a little bit more of that coming up in a while. Uh, and go and look at Has blog for the wrap-up of it all. I've done a little bit of a post in there. Um, what else do I want to talk to you about? Editing. Very, very sorry about the editing last week. It was rubbish. I promise, promise, promise I'll be much better this time round. It's the learning curve using Final Cut Express, the new camera, getting everything together. But short-term pain, long-term gain. And um, yeah, I've actually come in today on a Saturday to record this instead of the Sunday uh, because I just I want to spend a little bit of time editing. So it's going to be better this week, I hope. Um, Mug I'm using today is one I picked up. Can we see this? I hope from a, from my island trip. It's a loony leprechaun. Um, it's got ginger hair, and I kind of thought I like it. So, um, and the reason I'm showing you the mug is the coffee that we're going to use is very intertwined with this trip to Dublin. It's very intertwined with um, basically the whole Barista Championship. So, let's get onto the comments. Let's get them done. So, Dan Latcher said. Uh, with the new camera, might tighten up the shot a bit, make it a little bit more personal. Um, I wanted to do the espresso one today, so I hope this is a little bit better, and it's definitely going to look a little bit better. So, um, yeah, uh, great show. Can't wait to try some more. Thank you very much, Dan. That's, that's very kind. Um, Al said, lots of firsts for me. Um, Al had always bought beans from the supermarket, so it's the first time he'd had a coffee that was just roasted. Um, he'd never had a single variety before, and it was his first subscription for In My Mug and first order with Has Been. Um, choice paralysis by looking at Has Been, and I know that that happens. We have an awful lot of, uh, of options, so In My Mug's really worked well for him. Uh, Al said, love the coffee. Uh, I've not got refined taste buds. Al, you have taste buds. That's all you need, not refined ones. Um, but get the caramel. Can't find the apple, but do get faint dark chocolate. That's awesome. You, you have taste buds. You've tasted it. So, Al, that's awesome. Uh, Paul S said, um, hi Steve, don't beat yourself up about the editing, look pretty good to me. I like Paul S, he's my friend. Um, love this coffee, great to have two coffees in successive weeks that are so different. And that's what I want to try and do. Um, this one may be a little bit similar to last week-ish, but it's quite different in many other ways. So um, Bright, fruity, absolutely loved it, got the apples. That's awesome Paul, thank you for being so kind as well. Mark, the smell of this coffee is intriguing, something I can't quite put my finger on. In the smell, you definitely get a caramel toffee scent, but it's masked by something else. Um, that's interesting. It's good that you're smelling, and do, we'll talk about that today because I want to uh, I want to shake things up on the old snozzer in the bowl. And um, Chris Rush, Rush Baruch said, anyway, been loving the last few weeks subscription coffees. Definitely got a wood bark flavouring from the Terramata, which was a couple of weeks before. Uh, enjoy, and enjoyed the Limoncillo before, uh, and looking uh, and enjoying revisiting it again. Lovely apple coming through. Sweetness too, just a delight to drink. Only tried in the Chemex so far. We'll try an espresso soon. And Chris, your scary zombie avatar being gone 
He's lovely, and I'm sure it won't scare any young children. Um, Richard Arblaster said, uh, as Dan said, need to zoom in a lot more. Could only just make out the Starbucks mug. Richard, the problem is I record these on my own. I don't, I don't have a mot, so I can't, and that's an in-joke, but um, I, I can't zoom in, but I, I, hopefully you'll have got that one today. Um, does your sister keep you under control? She tries. She got all the sensible genes in the family, um, uh, and he was still enjoying the Balmaddy, which is awesome. Uh, Terry Allen said, although dry ground coffee has a wonderful aroma, I can't detect toffee apple, caramel or green apple in either. Um, uh, da, 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 da. If there's any fruit flavour present, my palate would choose orange as the best candidate descriptor. That's cool. Very, very cool because it is all about personal perception. Roland said, I've got toffee apple and sharp fruit acidity. I agree with green apple. Uh, I didn't like the last in my Muglim on Silo, episode 46. I got a herby taste that I wasn't keen on. Didn't get it in this one. Um, how, is this one how is this one related to the last one? Different crops, same trees. It's actually different varietal. Um, Roland, and the last one was a Pacamara, which is a giant size bean. Um, and this is a, I think it was a Keturah Bourbon mix, although I may be confused with that one. But, but anyway, it was different. Um, and a Pacamara is, and it was a Pacamara Peabri as well, which is incredibly unusual. So it's great that you found one that you prefer over the others. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pap, pap. Hmm, speech is not my thing today. I think it's because of this big smile. Um, listen, I'm going to whap you on pause, and uh, I shall be back in a short while. Okay, so welcome back. I'm going to dive straight into the snozzer in the bowl today. Um, for those who are not sure why I smell the coffees and why I kind of stick in there, and I mention every week snozzer in the bowl, but why am I doing it? What smelling coffee can do can really give you a, a precursor for a clue for what's coming and what's going to go on in the cup. Um, this one has a huge aroma, uh, and I think smelling it can really kind of, you know, just give you a good idea of what it's going to taste like. So let's get in there. I mean, straight off, I get the zesty, I get the bright, it's alive, it's tingly, I get the fruit. Um, yeah, it's just, it's an amazing coffee. So please, smell your coffee. So anyway, let's talk about the coffee. So it's a, a farm called Fazenda Inglaterra. It's a Canero varietal. Uh, it's pulp natural. And this is another one of our has-been world exclusives. This year, the farm only produced five bags of the Canario lot, which is an incredibly tiny amount. Um, this is a coffee that I've been on board for three years since it first started producing. Um, the farm was originally called Toja de Anca, which just means... It's something of the wild cat, which is it's a cat that's believed to have been seen on the, on the farm. Um, but on all the local maps and everything now, it started to be called Inglaterra. It's called Inglaterra because my good friend Stephen Hurst, um, he, he bought the farm in 2005 when it was abandoned, and things uh, were not so good on that farm then. All the locals saw this English guy moving in and buying it, and it just got called Inglaterra. Um, Stephen's been instrumental in, in developing my coffee palette uh, and also helping me find some of the coffees from around the world. So he's a great friend, uh, a great colleague as well, kind of in a, in a great importer. Um, when Stephen took over the farm, they had to rip out loads of the plant stock because of lack of care, because of poor planning, because of the way it was all put together. The varietals on the farm at the time were uh, Achaia, which some of it has been saved. It was basically cut right back and, and, and kept going, and we have those on the site. Um, but then he decided that this was a chance to play with varietals in the area. Um, some varietals that may have an intrinsic value 
that work with the climate, that work with the area, that work with the, uh, the uh, terroir. So at about that time, the Cachoeira Canario started to come through and we were seeing what a great cup this was in espresso. Um, and we're kind of thinking, well, this might be something good. So Stephen went and planted a whole heap of the Canario because it has a very similar altitude to uh, Cachoeira. It's very close to Cachoeira, so there's lots in common there. And um, yeah, it, it, it seemed like the right thing to do. If we were producing great coffee on Cachoeira with the Canario varietal, why wouldn't this work on Inglaterra? Um, going to the farm really made me kind of understand an awful lot about coffee production and the impact that things like, oh, well, we like Canario, we like this, we like Bourbon, we like that, uh, can have. Um, the farm is incredibly small, uh, not only by Brazil standards, by standards of many farms I've been to. Stephen's bravery on planting this varietal, which is low yield in, uh, which is um, you know, pretty hard to grow, is a testament to what he wants to do with the farm. Um, but it's also holding him back because he can't invest in the farm because he's not having a high production, so he can't. The patios are incredibly small. Um, they don't have many, um, they don't have any drying tables at all, but that's going to change this year, hopefully. Um, so everything's having to be done on the farm, but there's just not enough space to do it on. Uh, Steve has just bought a brand new pulper, um, which was a massive expense, but the farm needed it. So farm is uh, between 150 and 1300 metres. Um, it's on this, and I don't know whether I can find a photo. If I can't, you're looking at me, but if I can, you're looking at a photo. And this is the area where the farm is, and it's, it's basically within the crater of, a, of a, an old volcano, which has, has kind of gone. Um, and um, yeah, 50% of the farm is uh, forest. There's also been planted some uh, eucalyptus because this is another crop that will eventually bring in a, bring in a profit, but also doesn't need maintaining like the coffee does. Um, just an amazing, amazing coffee. I remember on the trip we went to the Bourbon offices, which is in Minas Gerais, and it's in between, and this is how it's called, in between Cachoeira and Inglaterra. So you've got one one side, one the other side, and these offices in the middle where they've got the cupping lab and all the other things. And um, I cup this, we were cupping 20 coffees blind. And I was going <laughs> And Stephen was doing exactly the same. We just got stuck on this one bowl. And we had this conversation after the cupping. Before we knew what the coffees were, so Stephen, I want to buy all that coffee this year. This is the perfect coffee for, for competition, for, for barista competition. And he was like, uh, well, we'll see what we can do. We'll see if we can get it. It may be a coffee that we can't secure or can't get. When we found out it was his coffee, it was just like, oh, God, because he was, like, jumping through hoops and, like, look at me, I've got great coffee. Um, and as soon, I, once I left the Bourbon offices, uh, I had to catch my flight back home. So I'm in the car on the, uh, in the, car on the way to the uh, airport, and uh, I think, oh, I've got a phone. So I phoned Colin up and said, Colin, I have this coffee for competition for you, which I think you're just going to adore. Um, and he's like, oh, brilliant, can't wait to taste it. What we don't do when we're doing coffees for competition is we won't put names on them. We just put numbers. And I sent Colin, I think it was six coffees. Uh, and this was in one of the six numbered coffees. And this was the one he picked out as the one he wanted to use. So um, really pleased with the find. Really pleased that he loved it as much as I did. That, so he wanted to take the competition. But more importantly, it's delicious coffee. Uh, and that's what it's all about. So 
you may wonder what I'm doing here. I have a pineapple, I have some pink peppercorns, um, I have a knife. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do an espresso of this coffee. So I'm going to whack you on pause in a moment to make an espresso of it. We're going to evaluate the espresso normally. And then for those who are interested, I'm going to try and recreate Colin's SIG drink that he used that competition and explain a little bit more about what his SIG drink was. Um, and it's very easy to do at home, so it's something you may be able to, uh, may be able to try yourselves if you have a Chemex. So uh, let me whack you on pause. Let me go and pull the espresso. We'll evaluate the espresso, and then we're going to make um, said SIG drink. So I should be back in just a second. Hi, so I'm back. Uh, I've brewed the shot. I'm actually going to give you some parameters today. Um, this was a 22-second shot. Take it 24 and try them side by side, and you get a very, very different cup. 22-second um, shot, 17 grams, um, and uh, pulled very short. So it's, there's not a lot of fluid in there. What you do by creating those parameters is you will get something that is very bright, very fruity, very zesty. So let's, uh, yeah, you can smell. If you don't smell pineapple on this espresso, I will... Well, it could be the pineapple sitting in front of me, I guess. But No, I smell pineapple coming off it a lot. It's got a lovely rounded acidity, but it's creamy at the same time. It has a creaminess to it. And I must admit, I never got this until Colin pointed, out to the, pointed it out to me. But I do get a pecan nut, um, which is absolutely delicious on it. And there is some chocolate component as well which is what you tend to find in Brazils, but this has far more fruit than I've ever found in a Brazil before. It's incredibly delicious. I mean, it's very zesty, very kind of tonguey. I, I know it works well in milk because I've tried it, but you should try it too. Um, I just think it's a really, really delicious coffee, uh, and it's one that I can drink all day. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to whack you on pause again. I'm going to prepare the SIG drink. Oh, you don't need to see me. I, I'll put some video up at some point of Colin preparing his SIG drink, so you'll see, you'll, you'll see it there. But uh, I'm going to get everything prepared, and then I'll come back and I'll explain to you what I've done. Pineapple princess, he calls me pineapple princess all day as he plays So what I've done is I've chopped up a pineapple into small chunks, well, small chunks so they'll fit through the Chemex, dropped them in. I've then added a, a small amount of uh, pink peppercorns, and I've also then added uh, three sugars. Uh, so three spoons full of sugars, which I just use little sachet things, but you know, normal sugar's fine. Then I've gone to the machine and I've brewed six espressos. Um, put the six espressos in, added hot water, filtered it through the Chemex, and then I'm just letting it all mix together. So basically what I want to do is concoct it up. Now what the pink peppercorns do is they just stop it being a little bit mushy and a little bit kind of um, the, the sugar just needs a little bit of a raise on the sweetness because the water I pulled off a little while before and let it, it was kind of not hot um, and not certainly not icy cold, but it was cool, it was tepid. Um, so the sugar just takes a little bit of the edge off that and really just makes it a little bit more palatable. And then we just let it all infuse together like that. And then I get rid of that. 
and I need to then try and sieve up. Ah, that's what I'll do. Wrap that into there. Let me find the paper. Do you see how well prepared I am again? I'm going to go and get a paper from in here. Okay, I forgot. I forgot that what I need to do is I need to drain off some of the fluid for me to be able to drink it. Now what Colin did, he transferred it to a sieve. Oh, this is not going to work well, but let's see how it goes. Um, and into a jug, and then he got it that way. So I only need enough just to try it in my cup, which I've been pre-warming. Uh, because it's a colder brew, we found it was better if the, the vessels were pre-warmed. Um, Colin didn't use a look of the Irish mug, funnily enough, though. He used, um, he used a glass. Um, but this is in my mug, not in my glass. So. so let's just take that off there. So that's great. So I have some fluid there. Now, in the espresso, we get pineapple. So what the whole idea of this drink was to try and bring out the pineapple so everybody could find it a lot more easier and but also like tie in with it and link it together so yeah it smells of pineapple and hopefully that's exactly how it tasted to the judges um sig drinks are funny they're not really anything to do with real life but this one is just so easy to do that you know you've got half an hour spare and a pineapple kicking around and some pimp pink peppercorns and some sugar. Why not give it a go? It might be kind of quite interesting. Listen, sorry for a long one. Uh, sorry for the big smile. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining me as always. And um, yeah, life's too short for bag seed drinks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs>